Welcome to the show. I am your host, Anya Fombad, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we will be talking about how domestic abuse or intimate partner violence affects the children. Now, just in case anyone was wondering, it seems like most of our discussions on domestic abuse have always been about women. But the fact is that women, especially in Africa, are most at risk of domestic violence, according to a UN study. Moreover, I have worked so hard to include men in this discussion by encouraging some men who have actually experienced intimate partner violence to speak up and share their experiences, but they are just not ready to speak yet, which is understandable. So when we hear about domestic violence, it is very common to think of, you know, the adult victim, which in our community is often the woman. But we fail to realize that domestic violence also affects the emotional and behavioral well-being of the children involved. And these children witness a parent and a caregiver being subjected to violence, and that obviously affects them. A 2006 report by the United Nations actually indicated that as many as 275 million children worldwide are exposed to violence at home. Now, this was in 2006, so imagine what numbers those will be in 2021. And also, children who live in abusive homes are at a great risk of repeating the same cycles. Actually, a study indicates that a boy who sees his mother being abused is 10 times more likely to abuse his female partner as an adult. Also, a girl who grows up in a home where her father abuses her mother is more than six times as likely to be sexually abused as a girl who grows up in a non-abusive home. These numbers obviously are very staggering and definitely warrant us to discuss and address topics like this to save the lives of our future generations and also break the cycles. So today I have here with me a guest who lived in a domestic abusive home as a child and experienced firsthand extreme maltreatment of her mother by her father. She has chosen to be anonymous and we will cover her identity by calling her Vanessa. I hope her story helps someone out there going through the same thing. And may we all grow and heal together. So welcome to the show, Vanessa. I'm so glad that you decided to make your voice heard. And I really, truly appreciate your bravery. How are you doing today? I'm very fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me on here. 
Uh, thank you so much. So I understand that you wanted to be anonymous because the primary yeah. victim involved, which in this case is your mother, is still alive mm -hmm. and you don't want to open up some wounds of the past and also you want to make her you don't also don't want to make her feel sorry for what you went through or you and your siblings Absolutely. went through, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. And and I mean that's totally understandable. So um I would just, you know, cut straight to the chase. So can you just walk us through your childhood as a whole and all the experiences that you had? Okay. So growing up, like I always say, during discussions with my friends, my dad was a better father than he was a husband. He would give us everything we wanted, give my mom everything he she wanted, but it felt like there were conditions on those things he would give her. There were days we'll hear my mom cry, who beat her up and restrict her from going certain places or hanging out with certain friends just because he wanted to have that control over her. So we grew up in an environment where there were days that was tense. It made us it made us extremely scared of him at some point until I had to do one or two things. At the point that's when the beating stopped. And then he became very toxic. He stopped the beating, but the toxic behavior just kept on coming. And I right. think my his family his family members too played a huge role in their relationship. Right. So what were the things that you did that stopped? And can you maybe like go into the details of um, maybe like certain events that happened, certain significant events that happened, which, you know, still haunt you till today? So um, there was a day with I was very young at the time, and I think my mom just finished bathing me, and then she had she was still uh, uh, looking for my clothes to put them on. I don't know what happened. I don't know what made him to get so angry. And then he was very fond of transferring his aggression on her. If he had a bad day, he'll come home. If maybe the food doesn't taste like he expected or whatever, he'll just fall on her, beat her. So that day. We were in our room and we only heard her crying. She was seriously crying. I was just, there were days I asked myself, can she fight back? Is there something she would have done better for him to, mm. to stop beating her up like that? So I think when I was in primary school, maybe class six, there was a time they had gotten a heated up argument. He had beaten her and then she was so angry, it's like she was tired. So the next day they were not talking. They stopped talking for about three days. Right. So... At times, I think if I had a friend of mine too, who she too, her dad used to beat her mom up and they would just talk about things. At that age, she showed it, uh, she told me she had tried this and it had worked. So maybe I could try it too and see if it was going to work. Mm -hmm. um, so she advised me to that she had done it to her parents. She took, I think, their wedding pictures, mm -hmm. put it under um, their pillow. So when I went home, it was a Saturday. The next was a Saturday. I removed, I think, the their wedding pictures where they were exchanging vows. And I kept that part of it under my dad's pillow. And then oh. I don't know if I did same under my mom, my mom's pillow. And that day, I think, today, they were quarreling. Immediately, my dad entered his room. I don't know what he was looking for. He lifted off his pillow. He saw it. Mm. The, the mood was extremely quiet. At that wow. age, I was feeling so proud. <laughs> feeling so proud of myself. So I would most imagine. Times you were yeah, some, sometimes you apologize to us, but you will not apologize to my mom. So my mom, like, this is the person who you've, you've offended. Yeah. You should be apologizing to her. 
Yeah. You can apologize to us to maybe maybe start from there. So he'll come and he'll be like, he's sorry if you offended us. It's just that my mom is too much sometimes, blah, blah, blah. And we'll cry the next day, it's fine. But I'm like, you should channel your energy the other way, not here. Yeah. So this is my experience I remember. Wow, that must have really been hard for you as a child. You know, do you can you what? remember what age um, this started? Like when you started noticing this? I think I started noticing that maybe I was about eight or nine. Wow. Yes. Oh, that, I think that's when I could still remember when I can still remember vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the towel, the images are kind of blurry, but I, I, I think I was way younger, maybe five. Right. Five, six. Yeah. Wow. And um, so when you had these experiences, what was actually going on in your mind when you witnessed or even heard your mom being abused? Sometimes I lock myself up in my room and cry. And then I'm asking myself, can she fight back? Can she not just look for something and try to hurt him? Why wouldn't she run away? Why would she continue staying in something that would hurt her? There was a time I'd asked her, like, why are you still, why are you in this relationship? Why are you still here? My dad had stopped my mom from doing anything. He would let her depend on him. If she wanted something, she would need to ask him for the money and stuff like that. So at one point, since she was not really making enough, we are four of us. Mm-hmm. One time, I think I was in form four, and that's when I asked her, like, why won't you leave this man? Why are you here? Then she said, She's thought about it so many times, but she's asking herself, if she leaves, how are we going to survive? How are we going to, how are we going to go? Or what if he gets married to another woman and the woman does not treat us right? Yeah. If she leaves, because my mom, I think her parents too had divorced. Mm-hmm. She was paying attention to a lot of, uh, a lot of attention to what people used to say about her mom. Yeah. So she felt like if she left, there was going to be like, oh, it's a cycle. Oh, yes. If she leaves. Uh, uh, she's from a bad home this one this one too is also going to grow so she had those ideas in her head and those are some of the reasons she brought up for making her stay in, in the abusive relationship yeah i mean um you got to give it up to our african mothers you know i like, know <laughs> they they go through hell they go through everything just because of the children you know and um i mean you know even though sometimes those decisions actually they're not aware that it negatively impacts the children but you know at the end of the day they just go through so much just because of the children now um you know there's this idea of us trying to break cycles which is why we're actually having these discussions but just from that statement that you made about her parents being divorced and she did not want to repeat the same cycle that actually sparked something in me right now because um sometimes breaking cycles could actually turn out worst right so it's like she did not want to you know, be a divorcee, which of course in our African community for the most part is used to be something Mm -hmm. like a taboo, you know? So it's like, it was better off for her to, you know, succumb to that pain and abuse than repeat the same cycles. But then again, um, that was a start of a new cycle possibly of abuse, (laughs) because like we just mentioned from those studies, children who actually experience abuse can easily pass it down to their relationships and to their own children, you know? So, um, it's, 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 it's not an easy, it's, it's not a simple or straightforward thing to do, you know, but, um, these are things that the more we talk about them, the more we can easily find, you know, solutions to them. And another thing I wanted to note too, um, as to the reason that she stayed, you know, because she wasn't as financial 
financially stable as yeah. you know your dad and i was reading a study i was reading something i forgot an article and it actually stated that women especially in africa you know the number one reason why women actually stay in abusive relationships is due to the lack of you know financial resources so there's so much yeah. poverty that most women actually depend on the man you know for everything and you know just thinking about the life after you know it's extremely discouraging especially when kids are involved you know a woman would rather sacrifice her happiness and her safety mm-hmm. to provide for her children you know so um that's something that you know also sparks some kind of thing in me that you know it, it really you know just makes me think about ways that we can eventually come up with ideas and things that can support women financially especially women who have been yeah. through abuse so that they can have that boldness to leave a relationship when their life is at risk you know exactly. so um thank you for bringing those two up and it's very unfortunate but these are things that actually happen in our community um mm-hmm. now how did all of that influence you i believe how many siblings do you have um three okay oh, and boy. are you the eldest no i'm the second okay so how did that impact you and your siblings especially like emotionally and even in school well um for my brothers i i can say they didn't really care or if they did they were so quiet about it yeah me i was yeah i was very vocal about mine i would talk to my friends but at one point it really it really played me it destroyed me i can say because most times you see me i'll just be in my own circle in my mm-hmm. own shelf most days i'm in my room locked yeah. up I, yeah. only, I only go out i only go out when i was hungry and i feel like it really ate me up inside a yeah. lot because then i was not really talking about it mm-hmm. but when i started sharing a lot with my friends or most friends who i feel like they too had gone through similar experiences or maybe worse experience than mine yeah. that's when it, it started giving me the confidence to talk more about it and the more i did the more i saw that at least it was helping me mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to say i'm really happy for what my mom went through, but I, I feel like he has molded me better. Mm-hmm. Like I've used her experiences to probably shape my life. Right. There are certain things, there are certain things I will not take or I will try to be very strict on because of the things I saw that she went through. Yes. So I feel like her, her experiences have helped me. Yes. And that's very good. And guess what? That's another cycle that you're trying to break, right? She didn't want to go through a divorce because her parents went through, but you don't want to succumb yourself to such abuse because your mom went through that. And that impacted you in a very, very uh, traumatizing way that you don't want to go through that. Neither do you want your children to go through that, which is, which is a very good thing. Now, um, you're talking about, you know, like, um, being impacted and you know things that shaped you do you have any memory of a specific experience or experiences that really impacted and shaped you yeah uh back in the university we'll have girls moving with their boyfriends and the university area was one where you hear a lot of um beatings like the boyfriends beating up their girlfriends mm-hmm. or the girls playing wife to these guys we're not even sure we're going to get married to or we'll take certain things and normally you as a girl you're on your own or you knew the importance of self was you will not go through majority of those things so that alone helped me to i do not like the idea of guys or girls moving in with their boyfriends in the university like mm-hmm. each time i saw that I, I don't know if 
it was good for me to think like this. Each time I saw it, I would feel maybe that's what's going to happen because my mom said she got married to my dad at a very young age and it started like that. Mm -hmm. They were dating and her mom was strongly against it, but she was so sure of him, about him, that she moved in with him before Mm -hmm. they knew it. Kids started coming in and that's how it finally led to marriage. So each time I saw things like that, it would bring me back to her story, how this debating started how she would take it but she the red day she would be like if she had stopped this thing from the beginning maybe it would have escalated like this but she let it happen and maybe that's why he kept on doing it so most times when i see that i've always been like no i don't want to be found in a situation like this because maybe if i'm in a situation that it can take me back it can stress me more or maybe Mm -hmm. depress me put me in a mood where i would not really like to be because there are days where i sit and i just think about it and i'm like god forbid i don't want to be in my mom's shoes yeah i don't want to even understand how it felt like right right um, well, that's 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 pretty reasonable, you know, and actually that was, you know, an answer to my next question, which was, you know, what experiences in your adulthood have really influenced you, you know, and have been influenced yeah. by your childhood trauma, you know, and also were there mm-hmm. times in your adulthood that you actually caught yourself thinking or just acting or feeling a certain way because of what you went through as a child? Yes, <laughs> that days when... I'm asking myself if I really want to get married. Mm. I know there's they're really there. They're good they're good marriages. Yeah. The majority of those days I'll ask myself. Then I know I'm not as obsessed about getting married like most girls my age will be looking towards mm-hmm. marriage. At the back of my mind, I'm like, if it happens, fine. If it doesn't happen, that's still fine. Mm-hmm. So because because of what my mom went through, she is very patient and she will advise me like not to do stuff when I'm not ready or do stuff because I feel like maybe I'm going to belong in a certain group yes. or something. So I try most times not to not to give put myself under any pressure because yes. of marriage or whatever. And I think things like that, it, it has made me to, I easily give up, especially when it comes to relationships. Mm. If I try one or two times, if it doesn't work, I just give up. I feel that mm. most times I always refer to my mom because I saw the efforts she put in, the marriage or expecting it expecting things to work mm-hmm. but i felt like she was not really appreciated with the amount of effort she used to put in mm-hmm. so i think that particular incident or those two incidences have made me look at marriage in a certain way or this aspect of me easily giving up yeah especially in my relationships yeah. yeah i don't know if it's a good or bad thing but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, um, that, that's it, it's a very uh, interesting way um, to look at it, and which is it's not necessarily surprising, you know, because a lot yeah. of children, when when you grow up in certain environment, you know, your environment influences your perspective about certain things in life, right? So um, yeah. it's not necessarily um, something that is not expected, basically, True. you know. And also, I mean, that was kind of a an answer to my next question, which was, you know, like what. How how did those experiences, you know, really affect your relationships, even as as a child, as a teenager, an adolescent, all the way through, you know, adulthood? Like, how has that um, even affected your relationships with your girlfriends or even your boyfriends and things like that? Well, um, like I said, at one point when things like that will happen, I will shut myself up. 
mm-hmm. my room. I'll mm-hmm. just be on my own. And so most days, like, there'll be days when my mom will really be in need of something that she'll go to ask my dad and he'll maybe just make her really feel bad about herself before giving her the money or things like that. So yeah. that alone, I, yes, it has made me to hate relying on people. If I want something, I'll really try on my own before, like, if it's extremely difficult. Because if they need my help, I'm all out. I'm there all out for them. But when it comes to me, most times they'll discover that I've told you if you're in need of something, you can always reach out. And my communication, especially my relationships, both girl and female, male, it's sometimes there'll be be days where I'll just lock myself up. You expect me to be bubbly and all of those things. And I'll just be quiet. If you call, fine. If If you don't call, that's your business. And he has really killed my communication skill. But that's something I'm really trying to work on. I don't know if I still have that in my head. I don't know if that is what has shaped or killed my communication (laughs) style or skill. But Mm. I'm hoping that will be something I can really work on my own to, to be able to get out of it completely. Right. Well, I'm very glad that at least you're seeing, you know, um, places where you lack and you're willing to put that effort, you know, to be better at those places, because not everybody who has been through the same thing actually can have that boldness or can have that initiative to pursue to to just want to be better you know like what we hear like other studies that i've read you hear children going to drugs or going you know blaming all their life's failures on the experiences that they had watching their parents you know and you know looking Mm -hmm. at you you have come out really good really well and really successful which is very very commendable and i just wanted to add something you had mentioned um you know the the pressure you know, that we have in our society. I mean, that in and of itself is going to be like another topic that I will be talking about later. But, you know, we have, I call it the African timeline, you know, but you have to, you have to be married by this time. You have to have children by this time. You have to, you know, that pressure, that pressure is so tremendous that it can actually push us to make the wrong and worst decisions. It can push people to get married quickly. It can push people to keep staying in abusive relationships because they don't want to have that divorcee title on their name. You know, it can push people to do a lot of things just because they want to please either the people that are in their lives and stuff and that's something that we as an African community especially we have to work very hard at just letting people live their life based on their rhythm based on their tone you know like we don't have to push people to do anything to follow a timeline that the community has set which to me I think it's ridiculous so but then I will be talking about that in another episode but I just wanted to thank you for bringing that up so um now, um, what lessons did you learn from all of these experiences growing up? Um, the one particular reason I always refer to or bring up with my friends is this issue of financial independence. Yeah. I, I, th- I think for every girl, it's very important. Even if you, you get married to a very wealthy man, Trust me, there'll be times where you always need your own money or there's some satisfaction that comes with you providing stuff for people or just getting that money for yourself. Yes. And so my mom used to always tell me, if you won't accept something from the beginning, just say it. Yeah. That's 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 yeah, that's um that's a lesson I've really learned from her. And she always says it and there'll be days I'll tell her, You're the one who spoiled my dad because my dad practically depended on her for almost everything. everything. Yes. Yes. If he if he comes back from work and he's tired and she too is maybe tired, he will not understand that maybe he can go to the kitchen and just get something for himself. Or if you've served mm. the table, you've served food on the table and you've forgotten something, he'll call for her if she's 
behind doing something, he'll call for her to bring it. Mm-hmm. And she used to say, if, if when this all of these things started, if she had told him from the beginning or stopped it, mm-hmm. it would have aggravated to the point where it did. And so wow. those, those are the two lessons that really stood out for me financial independence and if you don't want something just say it up, up front right right basically setting those boundaries right because when you exactly. let people yeah when when you let people have their way for so long it's like that will be the new normal and then when you want to start yeah. setting boundaries it's going to be so new that they probably will say you've changed or something like that because yeah. yeah they're so used to <laughs> that right you've been influenced <laughs> right so yeah. um yeah, yeah it's very important to really be financially independent and also set those boundaries from the get-go so that mm-hmm. they know who, basically they know what you are bringing to the table and of course you know what exactly. they're bringing to the table as well so now that you're an adult and hope Hopefully, a mother in the future. If you aren't already, um, what will you do differently? I feel like if <laughs> if I was a mom and this thing is happening right now, I will not allow my kids go through what I went because the truth is that experience is is even more traumatizing than staying in than a divorcee, a child who's growing up with parents that have been divorced. Yeah, my yeah. mom. The the only reason. She she kept on saying us. She not want us to grow up in a very bad way. And I would have left. I feel like I would have left that marriage. And somehow, some way, I would have made my kids to understand that maybe if I did not leave that relationship, I would have died. Because the another mistake my mom made too was listening to people. She not care. She not put her feelings first. She not put yes. herself first. Yes. Yes. So she was. She kept on contemplating if she left. How would he see her? What would people say? Yes. Oh, this. Yeah. Her mom got divorced. She too is going to be another divorcee. So if she had put her happiness and her safety first, all of these things would not have happened. So yes, I think those are the two yeah. things I would. I would teach my kids, or maybe raise my mm-hmm. boys better. Yeah. And my girls too. And I'll tell them, I will just advise them, have these conversations with them so they know that if things like this come up, it's okay for you to leave that relationship and put yourself first. Yes, yeah. that's that's very, very true because, you know, the African woman has this huge sense, sense of nurturing. We always want to yeah. nurture everyone. We always want to do everything for everyone. We always want to put people before us. But then again, we forget to put ourselves first, right? Because we forget that if the mother is not happy, the mother basically sets the tone of the house. If the mother is not happy, nobody will be happy. Even the abuser will not be happy if the mother is not happy, yeah. you know? So I think that it's about time. Maybe we should launch a campaign or something for our african women to be selfish you know like the be selfish campaign or something (laughs) like that you know yeah like it's about time we have to be selfish and we have to focus on us you know like we have to really focus on us first and put our needs and our wants first because at the end of the day if we are not fulfilled if we are not happy we cannot be in the right mental space to serve others and put others you know put others needs first or consider other people's needs at a full capacity just because we're not happy so we have to start from you know they say charity begins at home we have to start from us before trying to help other people so thank you very much for bringing that up now um what Mm -hmm. advice will you give to the listeners who were impacted by domestic abuse in their childhood or who are actually experiencing domestic abuse, especially in the presence of their children? Okay. Um, First of all, I feel like most people have not um, gained the courage to talk about things like this. Yes. I feel like talking 
talking makes things a little easier or for those who are experiencing it and feel like they don't have the courage to walk up to somebody and share their experiences Yes. Writing would do. Writing, writing helped me. At some point, when I could not really express myself, I'll put them down yeah. in writing. Mm-hmm. That worked for me. And uh, what most kids fail to understand is they really have the power to, especially in their parents' relationship. That's what many kids have not understood. Yeah. So if you're in a family where your father is abusing your mom or your mom is abusing your father, I think it's it's about time for you to have these conversations with your parents because at some point, I think when I was way older. Uh, maybe in the university, that's when it was not, phys- the, the, the fight wasn't physical or anything, but there were a lot of emotional words that were thrown at each other. So there was a yeah. time, my brothers, they would not even care. But me, it, it was it was a big deal for me because I was the one who they always drag into their mess, their yeah. fights, and it was draining. So at some point I told them, sincerely, if these fights keep coming up, there'll be a day you'll not even see me. Yeah. Or if you guys have made up your mind that you don't want to be together, just divorce so that we don't have to constantly see all of these things because it's traumatized a lot. And I said that and I just walked out of that space. So mm. anyone going through this may not say the exact words, but I think it's important for them to raise raise it up uh, to their parents so their parents are aware of the impact or the impacts it's putting them and the depression that they are making their, the the depressed they are making their kids to go through so yeah. talk about it if talking won't, won't work for you maybe write about it and be more open yeah. about things that is wow because once you open up that's going to give you more room to heal yes yes that's very true and um i mean one last question if i may ask so um like how is your mother doing oh now she's fine it's fine okay and i'm i'm sometimes i say this experience has shaped her better because the the days when my my dad i think he has come around now so most times my friend and i will just be teasing each other and say maybe uh, our presence too was aggravating stuff right and they're still together yeah Yeah, they're together though there was a time they almost got divorced but I think he himself put himself down and realized that she was the best thing that could ever happen to him because she has helped him to achieve so many things that maybe right. he was on his own. He, he would have either died or had given up. Mm-hmm. So, but now he's, he's more appreciative of her. And sometimes I tell my mom, I don't know where her heart is coming from because I ask myself, I don't know if I'm, I'll be able to take the things that you have taken. Yeah. But she has used that, ex- she has used that experience to shape her and, that has shaped her to advise us. Most yes. times my friends who come home and she's talking to us, just guiding us about things in relationship. Yes. She's actually very fine. Yeah. Right. Although the, there are bad days when she'll think about it and she's just very moody, mm-hmm. which is allowed. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, yes. it's okay for her to think about think yes. about those things and just get sad. But she's found a way to move around it. Okay. Well, that's great news. And um, I'm glad that at least things are better, you know. And so, um, and thank you so much for, you know, giving those, you know, words of advice, especially to people who have been impacted by such a situations, both from the parent and the children's side. So um, I just wanted to add a few things that we can do as a people to help, especially children who are living in uh, homes that, you know, have domestic abuse. So um, first of all, well, to begin with, as a parent, Leave that abusive marriage or relationship. If it's abusive, please leave it to save your children. And also, um, as a people, we have to create a safe environment and a home and give these children the right to feel safe. 
It's our responsible and their right to feel safe. It's our responsibility, sorry, and their right to feel safe. And um, we have to assure them, these children, that we will listen to them, believe them, and shelter them. Now, in the African community, the, the aspect of communication is not the most popular, especially between parents and children. But if we want to break cycles, then we have to start new trends, right? So we have to make sure that we are listening to our children. We have to come down to their level and listen to them when they want to talk to us and also give them that assurance that we are here for, for them and believe them, you know? So we also have to give them a sense of routine and normalcy and this is very very important especially when it comes to the emotional and mental health of these children and we have to teach them that, that domestic violence is wrong you know and your mom actually did a very great job at doing that you know even though she succumbed to that but she let you guys know and advised you and even your friends that you know it's not right it's wrong and I mean, as relatives, friends, family, extended family, if we see something, we have to speak out and break the silence on the behalf of these children. Now, as a government in the community, some things can be done as well. Now, um, you know, the government should actually establish protective policies that support children and raise awareness of the impact of domestic violence in the community. And also they should um, be able to support social services that are already working very hard to address this issue of domestic violence, especially when children are involved as well. So, um, I mean, right now I know that the lockdown measures, especially during this COVID era, have restricted so many victims from escaping abusive partners or leaving their homes to seek protection. So uh, my challenge actually for every one today is to check on one another. Let's check on each other, especially those who we think may be going through abuse. Um, if you see something, please, please, please say something. So do you have any last words for us? Well, I just have to say um, domestic violence is something that is eaten deep in our society and there's always a probability for men to blame it on women. Most times you hear a man say things like, if you see an abusive man, know that it's the woman who caused it. What about self-discipline? Right. Or if if, if, if you are, if you married a woman who is very talk, she talk the talkative type, mm-hmm. when you've understood that part of her, if she talks back at you or says something that has annoyed you, why don't you walk out of that situation? Right. Violence is never a way out of any situation. So let's put our hands together and try to curb out this ill that is eating deep in our society today. Right, right, right. Thank you. Those words are very, very powerful. Thank you so much, so much. So um, you're welcome. So we have come to the end of this episode. Actually, I have um, some resources on our website, which is www.livingafricanpodcast.com. And these are resources that will help domestic abuse um, victims. That's both both the, you know, the partners or even the children or anyone who's been impacted directly or indirectly from domestic abuse. So I hope the discussion does not only end here though. So, um, and I also hope that we can have more of these conversations within our circles and learn to be more understanding, accepting and tolerant of each other. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, thank you to Vanessa and um, I will catch you in the next episode. 
it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo Fombard. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.